Welcome to the fifth episode of the ONJ Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeremiah. I'm your co-host, Orlando. And we just want to start off um, by appreciating all of the fans and supporters for getting us to earn their plays on all our platforms. And we just appreciate y'all for rocking with us. And we got a lot more content coming soon. Yeah, you know, I think you hit it up on the nail. I think we hit this milestone much sooner than we anticipated. And it's all because of everyone's support. So we really appreciate it and we we thank you a lot for your consistent support to all of us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. But so what we got first, Orlando? So first on the agenda, we have Bradley Beal and his whole situation with the Wizards. You know, the man has been dropping over 30 points in all of his games, and it looks like he has absolutely no help with the Wizards. They consistently lose every game, it seems like. They won, like, what, six, five, whatever. Yeah. But they're losing a lot. To have Bradley Beal and Westbrook and they losing like this, Situation doesn't look good. What do you feel about that? Yeah, like you said, on um, the team, they've only won five games so far this, this year. So uh, it's not really looking too good. And it hasn't really been looking too good the past few years. You know, um, I feel like Bradley Bill, I feel like he wants to do, a, you know, like a Damian Lillard kind of kind of thing where, you know, Damian Lillard, he just he said um, that he wants to finish in Portland and he wants to just be with the franchise for the rest of his career. So I feel like he's trying to, you know, go that route but um will it result well but in, if he takes that route will he you know will that attribute to winning i'm i'm not sure especially with a team that he has now where everybody's young and there's no legitimate third star or maybe even a second star cuz i mean russell westbrook's a star but he's never really been a winner like that in his career and i love and i love russell westbrook you know he's he's okc legend but in regard to winning, you know, in playoffs and things of that nature, he doesn't really, you know, perform to that sort of magnitude of a guy of his stature should perform to. So in regards to Bradley Bill, um, he said he even said it that if he can if he can control it, he will finish in DC. So I mean, you can't really, you know, feel bad for him because he wants to he wants to be there. He wants to try to win a championship there. But um he's a talented guy and and I think easily he could get a championship anywhere else he'll go. So honestly, do you do you feel like maybe he should request a trade and go to a different team? Because the way I'm looking at it, right, I think there's a difference between like Bradley Beal asking for a trade and James Harden asking for a trade. James Harden asked for a trade, but he was with a team that was competitive. That season in and season out, they built a roster around Harden to make it to the playoffs and to have a chance to win a championship. Bradley Beal doesn't have that. The Wizards haven't made a good enough roster around Bradley Beal to accomplish anything. I think they've made it to the playoffs, what, twice since Bradley Beal has been there, something like that? Yeah. And honestly, at this point, if your franchise isn't doing what needs to be done to help you make it to the playoffs, then I feel like that's a situation where the superstar has to act out. I see where you're coming from. But then also, I don't think he really has to necessarily request a trade because, you know, He's in a situation he's comfortable in Washington. You know, they give him the ball. He's the guy on the team. And, you know, he he's just the, the guy. He's the franchise player. So I don't think he would necessarily, you know, he's comfortable there, you know. And I don't think he'll be in a rush necessarily to, you know, go to a contender or something like that. If if he's about winning, it, it depends. If he's about winning, then, yeah, he maybe would would do something like that, you know, contest 
you know, request a trade to to go to a contender. But in regards to, you know, like, should he just request a trade? I mean, that's just up to him personally. But he said he wants to be there. So we just got to, I guess, respect his wishes. But I don't see him leaving there anytime soon. I mean, he's the guy. You know, he's the guy there. I mean, yeah, but then I feel like if he wants to stay there, I think he has to put pressure on that front office to do something. I yeah. feel like Bradley Beal is just like he he extended the contract, you know, and he was like, yeah, you know, like I'm going to sit back. We'll make it eventually. Like, no, that's not how you could. You have to go be on the front offense back end and be like, you have to do something or I'm going to leave. Threaten them that you're going to leave so that they could be on the top shape and be like, OK, we have to do something because our superstar is going to leave. And if they, they don't do if Bradley Beal just sits back and just, you know, does Whatever. Yeah. They're they're not gonna feel pressure to do anything. Nothing's gonna happen. I mean, they got him Westbrook though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they got him Westbrook. <laughs> Walford Westbrook was the biggest change. Right? Yeah, but Bill, I, uh, he's gonna. I don't know. I feel like he's gonna be their franchise player. I don't, I don't see him going anywhere else anytime soon. To be honest. So so what do you feel? So so I've had I, I was thinking right. How do you feel about Scott Brooks being the coach of that team? I feel like I mean there was a reason that he he we fired him you know I think his time he's not a bad coach don't get me wrong I just feel he he wasn't right for our specific team and then the way we played because mostly it was just ISO 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 and you know KD you know you just give the ball to KD and he goes to work or whatever and then Russ you know attacks and transition and stuff like that but I don't think he was just right for our team in particular but I mean he's not a bad coach I just don't think he's a good head coach in a sense. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't see Scott Brooks being the head coach of a championship winning team. I think if you look at a lot of teams, Scott Brooks focuses on offense. He's a main offense um, minded coach. And with this team, the Wizards literally only play offense without defense. I think the Wizards, they got, they got some pieces though. You know, they got, you know, Denny Avdia, who I think is going to be solid. I mean, not this year, so early, but you know, he's gonna be like, you know, he's gonna take a few years to develop. Um, they still have, you know, Davis Bertans, who's a who's a shooter, who's a sniper from three. And then, you know, you still got Mo, Mo Wagner. So they got some pieces, but it's just all about bringing it together and then getting that extra star to, you know, lift that team up. But until then, Riley Bill's gonna have to continue to do what he's doing, unless, you know, he requests a trade. But I don't see him requesting the trade anytime soon. However, do you think where do you rank him? Where do you rank Bradley Beal among two guards? I think um, Bradley Beal's one of the top two guards in the league right now. Top, let's say top five, maybe top three, occasionally. Okay, so who do you have above him? Um, above him, I would have, of course, James Harden. Okay, right. And Booker. Uh, Booker. Yeah, Booker mean, above him. I don't, I, mean, I don't have Booker above him. I'm just, I I, I'm just throwing out some names. Yeah, I don't really have Booker above him. I think he's above Booker at this point. But you said top three for sure. Top three, yeah. Okay, I respect that. But, yeah, you know, overall, I think Bradley Beal is a top three guard in this league right now, and I believe he needs to put some pressure on that front office to do something if he wants to stay with them so they can make it to the playoffs and hopefully the finals or just request a trade at this point. But, you know, enough enough about Bradley Beal. There's this situation that recently just happened in the NBA with, with Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant uh, missed, wasn't starting for one of his games because um, of the contract tracing with the NBA. They told him, you know, don't start, 
We still have to do some more research on that. Then the NBA was like, you know what? Go ahead. Go go start the game. Go play in the game. <laughs> the guy plays like three quarters. And then the NBA's like, oh, no, no. The dude you were in contact with, he just tested positive. Come, come back. You can't play anymore. The situation is crazy. So, like, what's your opinion? Man, it's, it's bad enough they pulled him once from the game. But they ended up pulling that man twice. So, it's like, what was the point? Because he was already playing. So, Technically, he already exposed everybody on the court and everybody that's close to the court, like the benches and the refs and everybody. He already exposed them to COVID. So why take him out again? But it's it's a messed up situation, you know. It's just like you never know with COVID because, like, you could just be talking to somebody and then they don't know they have COVID and then they end up having COVID and then you're you at risk for um for having COVID as well. So it's just like it's just one of the costs you know, of having a season during a pandemic like this, it's just going to happen. It's things like that are going to happen, but it's just messed up how this happened. Cause you know, he was, he was playing. Okay. You know, and then you have, and then he gets mad and then you, 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 you take him out the game after, after, after a second time. So I I didn't like how they handled the situation. I, I was just like, he's already, he already exposed everybody, so why take him out a second time again? And if you're gonna take, and if you're gonna send him out a first time, then keep him out. Don't bring him back out to the court to to like play, and then you gotta take him out again. Like, no, we don't think you should play again. That's just how I feel. Yeah. So more and more like details on the topic. So it's like I believe the person he was in contact with the first time his his test came back like inconclusive or something like that, and then KD had brought back two negative tests. So then it was like, Katie, you're fine to go back. And then when Katie was in the middle of the game, the dude that Katie was in contact with, then he got positive mid-game. But then again, at that point, if it's inconclusive, why take the risk? Like, I think that was an unnecessary risk. I don't care what Katie says. The man was on Twitter saying, free me. Like, Katie, shut up. (laughs) Like, this situation situation is not funny. Don't be like Gobert when he was touching the microphone, bro. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on that, man, bro. Don't get me started. Like, bro, like, seriously, I don't care if your team doesn't have a bench. That's your team's fault, bro. Like, if if you got possibly COVID in contact with someone who has it, don't don't be saying anything. Just go go sit your ass down and just, you know. No, I don't know. That Gobert Gobert situation was different. I'm not even going to lie. The man going to – the man going to – He's gonna leave his press conference. All you had to do was walk off the stage. This man gonna come back. Oh, trying to be funny. Ah, oh, I'm funny. I'm tall. Freaking touching the mics and shit. I'm like, yo, what's good? With, what's good with this man? He like, you think this is a joke? People dying over this shit, and you just and you just being stupid. So yeah, but KD, this situation is just it's just weird. It's just weird that he already bought back a, a inconclusive test, and they still let him go out to play instead of just, you know, like, bro, just sit out this game. You know, we just want to make sure everything's okay and stuff. So and he's not even traveling with the team anyway. So why even put him out there and exposing the team to COVID and stuff like that? So do you feel like maybe the NBA put KD back just because of KD in the Nets? Like maybe like KD star power in the Nets not having a bench and needing KD or something like that? You mean like just for, for ratings? Yeah, it could be for ratings. It could be, you know, they, they like the Nets. They want the Nets to be, like, a, a higher seed because the Nets don't have a bench while they literally have his KD. True. Stuff like that. I mean, that could play a possibility, you know, is because, you know, he was out all year, you know, with the Achilles thing. So, yeah, but I don't think the NBA would risk the 
players like that to 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 just for one game. But then you gotta think this is the same league that's thinking about having an all-star game too. We'll get into that later. But yeah, so I mean iffy. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's just it's just I don't I don't see why they would be they would bring KD back. But I wouldn't I wouldn't go past that fact. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they did do something like that. But I don't I think that may be a little bit of a stretch to just bring him back. Maybe they maybe they literally thought because he he did have like you said he did have three negative tests within twenty four hours so they thought he didn't have it so they thought he was okay but they didn't they weren't sure about his friend that he was exposed to earlier in the day so I mean you can't really yeah but tell. I I I'm just more on the end on the, it's better it's better to be safe than sorry oh yeah for sure like I don't I don't it wasn't conclusive so be safe take him out the game I don't care if KD complains I don't care if the Nets complain like these protocols are already set if there's a possibility that you traced and been in contact with someone who ha- might have had covid not that they have covid might have had covid the individual might have had covid you're out the game don't don't argue about it it's set in this Whatever protocol rule book that they have, like they they shouldn't have made an exception for KD. Yeah, you're right about that. I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that was that was smart of the league to just let them play like that. Because if I if I if I'm exposed to somebody, if somebody says they might have COVID, I'm getting tested immediately. I don't care. So if the for the NBA to just let him play like that, it's just I don't know. That's that's weird to me. Yeah, COVID COVID isn't something to play around with. It's really not it's, though. It's something serious like. Don't don't take any risks. Let's not have the season potentially being canceled or postponed or anything. You hear that, Rudy Gobert? COVID is nothing to play with. Facts. Yeah, but now going back on track, you know, I think we we were kind of going this direction now. You know, we mentioned COVID. You had briefly mentioned the All Star Game, so let's go straight into it. Should the NBA have an All Star Game? My opinion, yes, they should. The reason being is they're already having a season. To be honest, so. I don't see nothing wrong with one all-star game since you're already, you know, playing during a pandemic. So why not? There's no reason to stop just for an all-star game. So, yeah, I think there should be an all-star game. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I know it's going to happen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the all-star game. Um, So I'm, I'm on the other end. I don't agree. I don't think they should really have an all-star game. Really? Yeah, I just I just don't, don't think they should just because of – the All-Star, you're going to have the best players from each individual team, right? Right. But then you have to think about the behind-the-scenes people. You have a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes people, co- different coaches, different trainers, different people who we don't even know about that has, like, put up the courts or stuff like that, the maintenance, everything. So we don't know how – if those people could be infected. And then if one of them gets infected and gets through and then infects a star player and then a star player infects all the star players, then that's what, – what are we going to do now? Imagine an NBA without the star players. You got a point there. But, you know, I think they're already taking the risk, though. When you think about it, they're traveling from city to city. You know, I mean, they're trying they're trying to limit the they're trying to limit the cost, you know, by playing um, the same by having teams play the same teams back to back. But they're already taking the risk, you know, through airports, through private planes, through hotels. They're already taking that risk. So why stop? for the all-star game if you're already you know having the season and everything like that you know now i'm not saying you know there should be fans there you know what i mean or anything like that but in regards to players you know i don't see nothing wrong with the all-star game so 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 as a fan i i agree with you like i want an all-star game as right. a fan right but again 
I don't I don't want an extra risk okay. of you know I I know what you're saying like they're they're already doing games they're already playing so that that risk is already there but now doing an all-star game that's like an ad, an added pinch of risk to the league and I just I just don't want my enjoyment of one game to be the downfall of the today's season uh because someone might have catch covid or anything like that I got a question. It has nothing to do with this topic. Do you think it's weird how the G League is having a bubble, but not the NBA? I mean, I feel like the G League is much smaller. Okay. Um, The G League doesn't have star power like the NBA does. By that, I mean, like, you'll tell LeBron, tell KD that we're going to do a bubble. They're going to be like, yeah, we're not going to do a bubble. They're just going to laugh. And the, the I think the rosters of the NBA are also bigger. The the G League doesn't have as big as a roster. I, don't, I think they have twenty eight teams. They don't yeah. have all all full thirty, and there's more revenue to gain from the NBA. Now, do you think it's to protect the future of the league in a sense? Because there's a lot of future stars playing in the G League right now. Because you know you got the the G League Ignite team that has all the potential lottery picks for um the twenty twenty one draft. And then, you know, you got some uh, former stars um, in the league, you know, like Jeremy Lin, Jared Jack. And then, you know, it's a lot of young, good young players in the league that's developing, you know, Nico Mannion with the Warriors and, you know, players like that. So do you think it's to protect the future of the league? I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, the bubble is honestly like the best situation. If you want to play basketball, the bubble is it's just the NBA is like that place where it's too many people. There's too much star power that they've not gonna, they're not going to agree with having a bubble. And the G League has has players that that need to do basketball in a sense of, you know, to get their skills up higher and to, you know, just play the game to be able to demonstrate like their skills and that they deserve to go up to the NBA level. Facts, facts. Yeah, I just wanted to see see uh, your perspective on that. But in regards to to go back to the All Star Game, uh, yeah, I still think I still think they should have it. You know what I mean? Uh, and I don't think it will hurt it will hurt the the league in a sense because you know they're already they're just already they're already doing it. It's just one one game. You know what I mean? I doubt there'll be like celebrities and stuff like that there this year, but just the game itself. I mean, hey, why not? I mean, I don't don't have fans. Please don't have fans, and please don't have celebrities. Don't have anybody oh, on yeah. that court if it oh happens. Oh my gosh! Like, don't have anybody except NBA people. Again, I still don't think it should happen. <laughs> but anyway, besides that, I do think people were throwing out this idea online of having like a still having like the dunk contest or like the three point contest, but in people's like homes. Like, you know how some players have, like, their own personal basketball courts and gyms, like, set up in their house that they could, like, shoot a video of doing the, the stuff there, and then that could be it. I'm not going to lie. That's buzz. That's buzz as fuck. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for that. I am not here for that. Like, you think I'm going to hear it? What is this? America's Funniest Home Videos, bro? Like, no. Nobody, no, I'm not here for that. These are trained professionals. You talking about they better be funny in this. this bro, like, bro, this ain't this ain't no America's funniest home videos. Oh, sending a video of you dunking like no, bro. I want to see some live action. I want to see some real reactions. Like, I mean that. So that can't happen this year. If that can't happen this year, then don't have it at all. I don't want to see that. First of all, you're not even getting the reaction because ain't nobody gonna be there. That's the point. So why have it? So why have it? I mean, like, you're not getting a reaction even if they have it live because we're not getting an audience. Right. So that's what I mean. That's why I'm saying, like, there's no point of having a dunk contest or three-point shootout. Now, 
uh, an actual boring All Star game. See, see, I knew you. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. But All Star game is different though, because it's just a regular game. You know what I mean? So it's like fans. You know what I mean? You don't. When do when this year? Like, have you seen that many fan reactions during basketball games? Have you? There's not even that many people. There. Exactly. So what's the difference with uh, with a with another All Star game? What's the difference? The difference is an added risk of COVID. Right. I understand that, but there's already added risk having an NBA season, though. But this is just another risk. Why, why take another added risk? To it? They're already taking the risk by having by having a, a actual season and traveling from city to city. But you're putting your star players at, at, at an additional risk. Like, yes, they could they could have the season and it's a risk, but having an All Star game where it's only the top talent being at risk. That that has a, a greater effect on the NBA than just one game of like the Wizards getting COVID. Right, but they already put KD at risk by sending them back out to play. So they don't give a fuck about these players, where they just trying to make their money, as you can see. Like like De'Aaron Fox said, uh, I don't I don't um like he said he said it was silly. I mean I don't necessarily agree with that, but I see where he's coming from. But he said uh money talks, so he was like I guess money talks. So and yeah, money does talk. So if, if there's money on the line for the league and they're gonna and there's potential to make it, they're gonna have an all star game. Okay, but how how important is money compared to their star talent? And by this, I mean like LeBron. Even LeBron said he didn't want to he wanted he didn't want to do a game. He said it would be zero energy, it would be zero excitement, and that honestly, having an all star game, it would be kind of like a slap in the face to them. Um, uh, in my opinion, I think. Now, are you asking what's what's more important to the NBA, or in my opinion? What's, um, what's more important to me? The NBA, because I feel like oh. the NBA has the stars have a lot of power in the NBA. Bro, the NBA is a business, bro. Like I don't care what you say. Like yeah, you know I love basketball. I watch it, but this thing is a business, bro. From the owners to the players to the endorsements to the TV deals to the to the to the front office people, just everybody. It's, it's a business, so they're not gonna stop for anybody. I'm telling you that right now, because once LeBron retires. There's going to be another startup. They're going to have to depend on somebody else. So it don't stop for nobody. Once MJ left, it was, you know, AI, and then it was Kobe, and then it was, you know, Shaq, and things like that. They're, they're never going to lack stars. So this is a business. So business got to keep going. That's 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 how I think they view it. You know what I mean? That's not how I would view it, but that's how they view it. How, how good is business going to be if, if your, star, your stars – don't want to do an all-star game like let's say let's i know the league probably like if if they have an all-star game and the player doesn't want to play it's be like okay you're getting a big fine how yeah. how how you think lebron's gonna care if he gets a fine for not going to an all-star game um no i don't think he would but i mean well i mean those fines be thousands of dollars though so lebron signed a deal with nike a lifetime deal to make a billion dollars lebron is not short short on that but everybody's not LeBron, though. Everybody can't just sit out game checks like, hey, like, I'll okay, I'll forfeit these thousands of dollars just to not play. Like, everybody's not set up like LeBron. Everybody in the league don't got a lifetime deal. Everybody in the league doesn't have their own, you know, shoe or whatever. So, yeah, that's LeBron's situation. Yes, he can do it. But they're, they're, the All-Star, they're still going to figure out a way to have an All-Star game. I don't care what you say. It's, it's the, this is the NBA we're talking about. Do you, do you think that the money will be right, though? Like let's say let's say like I I agree with what you're saying some some 
Some players are, are going to have to do this All-Star game because they don't have LeBron type of money. Exactly. But then the top stars have LeBron money. You have LeBron, you have Curry, you have KD, who will probably be like, I, I don't want to do this. Will the fans want to still watch this All-Star game if like their star, superstar players aren't there? Of course. I w- I'm still going to watch it. I don't care. I'm still going to watch it. Like that's how much I, but that's just how much I love basketball, though. I love the sport. Like I, like I love it. So that's just me. But um, yeah, I think still, I still think fans are gonna watch it. You know, you got players like Luca. Like Luca hasn't signed a fat extension yet. I mean, I know he is. He's going to, but he hasn't signed an extension yet. So he's still on his rookie contract. So I don't even think Luca can afford to like forfeit thousands of dollars. He probably can, but will he do it? I don't know. It's players like that, you know, that's that hasn't that's still in their rookie contracts and stuff like that. That's still, you know, Jalen Brown, you know, players that's still young who can't just be like, who are not in the point to where they could just be like, yo, I don't want to play in the All Star game. Like, who are you? You haven't like solidified yourself in this league yet. Like, LeBron can do that, KD can do that, Curry can do that, but it's still other other young players that's like, you know, that can still that I don't think can just like, you know, brush it off like I'm not playing this year. Like even Bradley Bill. This like this is the first this is his first chance to be a starter in the league. You know what I mean? So you think he's gonna be like, I'm not playing, bro. Like, no, this is this is literally his first chance to be a starter, a legit starter in the in the all-star in the all-star game. It sucks that this has to be his first time, you know, during a pandemic and you know, a shortened season and everything like that. But he's a legit starter in the all-star game. So it's gonna be a lot of players that play. Like, I see what you mean, you know, but I'm still gonna watch it no matter what. And they're still gonna and I still think there's still gonna be stars that still show up to play yeah at the end i think this is going to be a topic that we have to agree to disagree <laughs> um I'm, oh, i still believe we shouldn't have an all-star game i agree and i agree we should have an all-star game so i think i think i want i want to know what the audience and the listeners want to know so you know if if you're listening here you you've listened to this this long argument that we just had you know hit us up tell us tell us what your argument is and what side are you on you know hit us up our instagram at onj underscore podcast our Twitter at Orange Podcast. Yeah, let us know. So yeah, you know whether whether we do have an All Star game or we don't have an All Star game, we will have an All Star team. True. So now we could go into kind of selecting our our starters and our reserves for each team. We could start on the east side of the conference, and you could go first with your two guards. So my first guard, um, I had Kyrie. Kyrie's playing lights out this year. The efficiency that he's playing at is just insane. He's shooting a career high from career high from three with forty three percent, and then he's also shooting a career high from the field with fifty three percent. And then you know he's averaging twenty seven and five with KD and Harden on his team, so that's that's impressive in its own right. So I think you have Kyrie has to be the starting guard. And then for my second guard, I have Bradley Bill. I mean, of course you had to put Bradley Bill there. I mean, he's averaging thirty three points a game. And for a team that's not that good, but he's still playing like an all-star. So you got to you gotta put Bradley Bill in there. He's just an electric scorer, and he's been doing this for some time now. But I hope that this is the year that he finally gets his respect as an all-star starter. Um, so I'm going to start off with Bradley Beal because we both have Bradley Beal on our, as our starters. You know, Bradley Beal has been amazing this season. Like, he's – Again, averaging 33 points, he's been carrying that Wizards team. I don't care that the Wizards aren't winning. This is not about the team. This is about the player. To be honest. Last year, we had Trey Young, the starter, and Trey, the Hawks were like the worst team in the NBA. And Beal was doing amazing last year, and they didn't put him in the All-Star game. We can't do it this year. 
this year, this man has to be a starter because he's playing out of his mind. My next starter, it's it's interesting because my my next starter was was a bit hard to pick. Okay, I was um debating between two players. So you picked Kyrie, right. and I was debating whether I wanted to pick Kyrie, but I picked Jalen Brown. Mm, I, I get okay. I, okay. I'll I'll slide with it. Now he's playing crazy this year. I'm not gonna lie. Jalen Brown has been doing amazing this year, and I don't think a lot of people really notice how how much of an improvement he's made this year. If if you look at his stats, he went from 20 points per game last year to now he's averaging 26. If you compare that to to Kyrie, Kyrie's averaging 27. Okay. So Jalen Brown is only averaging one point less. Right. But you got to think about though, Kyrie, the efficiency that Kyrie is playing at while taking more shots than Brown. You know, he's shooting a career high from the field and from three this year. It's, you know how hard it is for a guard to shoot 50% from the field in the, in the NBA? You know how hard that is? Just to and, and to continue that from a whole season? Don't get me wrong. I love Jalen Brown. I think he's an all-star this year. But a starter, I don't know. Over Kyrie? I don't know about that. Listen, listen, I agree. I agree. Kyrie, Kyrie shooting 53 and 43 from the three-point range. All right. Now look at Brown. Brown is shooting 51 and 42 from the field. That's like, what, a point less than, than Kyrie? Yeah. I, I think many people don't realize how good Brown is, and I want to give Brown this start okay. because Brown has greatly improved. Like, we expect this from Kyrie. Well, well, even if Kyrie missed, like, the last two seasons kind of with injury, but... It's Kyrie. Kyrie has like more experience too. Think about it. He played in the finals and all that. And then to have someone like Jalen Brown take this next step forward, I want to give it for Brown. And even though it's an All Star, Brown's the better defender. Like I know All Star, but they don't play any defense. <laughs> Brown's the better defender, so that's just an added little touch for him. Okay, I respect it. I respect it. But now, what about your your three forwards or like your two forwards in center? Uh, I think my three forwards. I think they're a given. To be honest, so for my first forward, I had Kevin Durant. I mean, KD. You know, for him to just come back from an Achilles injury that he had and that put him out for a whole year, and to just come back like he just didn't miss a step. You know, he's he's basically the same KD that we're used to seeing, and he's also you know he he's also shooting a career high from three, uh, forty four percent from the field. You know, he's averaging thirty points a game, so he's like he's one of the I would say one of the front runners for, you know, maybe MVP. He's up there in, in the conversation for MVP. So he to for someone to come back from an Achilles injury and then, you know, to put himself in the conversation for MVP, that's crazy. You know, like even Kobe, you know, like Kobe had an Achilles injury and he was never the same after that injury. But then for somebody like KD, who's taller and, you know, more, more you know, vulnerable to injuries like that because of the way his body is built, you know, it's just – it's just a testament to his will and his work. And then my fourth forward, um, I had Giannis, of course. You know, Giannis, the Greek freak. He's having, you know, the same Giannis season, you know, averaging a double-double, um, almost averaging uh, close to 30 points a game, you know, 11 rebounds, uh, six assists. You know, it's the same old Giannis. You know, he's he's great. He's just great. Like, there's n- not, not much you can say about Giannis. I mean, he just needs a jump shot, you know, but other than that, he's just – he's still great in his own right. And then to round out my forwards, I have Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, he's just taking this game to just a whole nother level. Um, he's averaging a double-double, saying uh, 20 points, 29 points, 10 rebounds a game. Uh, Doc Rivers just, I don't know, Doc Rivers just has 
was able to unlock something that I guess Brett, Brett Brown wasn't able to unlock. And, you know, it's good to see Joel Embiid playing at the potential that everybody knew that he could play at. And it's just good to see him fulfilling it. Yeah, so I think this is the spot where we're not, we're not going to disagree. I yeah. think every, everybody who I had goes right along with you. I had Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin Durant has been Kevin Durant. Like, he has not missed a step. He came back from an injury that ends many people's careers. Nobody comes back from the same. And some people say maybe KD even came up back better. Like, the way he's he's been scoring, like, he didn't lose anything at all. KD has been amazing this season. And, you know, he's going to be one of my forwards. My next forward is Giannis. Again, it's Giannis, the, the reigning two-time MVP. Um, he does need a jump shot. He's shooting 28 from the three-point line. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord, with a jump shot. That's all. That's all he needs. I think I think if Giannis got a jump shot, it'd be unfair. Oh, my, yeah, it's over. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, if right. he got a jump shot, it'd be too unfair. Never mind, Lord. Look, I mean, like, the guy's averaging 27 points, 11 rebounds, and almost six assists. Like, someone who's, what is he, like, 6'11", I think he is? Yeah, close to seven feet. Yeah, averaging six assists. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, He's a seven-foot guard. Seven-foot guard forward, man. Like, how do you guard that? Literally. How? Yeah, Giannis is a great player. And then finally, I have Joan Bede. I think Joan Bede really stepped it up this season, um, averaging close to 30 points with um, 10 rebounds. His, uh, his efficiency has been great. He's shooting <laughs> 55% from the field. He's shooting 42 from the three-point range. And I think Joan has been has been doing great, amazing this season. What is it about this season and, like, everybody's having career highs in three-point percentage? I think I think some people were were speculating it might be like there's not that many fans. Like think about it when you're shooting. Okay, in in the sense that if you're shooting right and you're in an opposing person's building, the fans go crazy. Right, and maybe you, you'll it'll kind of like blow okay. your shot off a bit. Okay, and now if there ain't that many fans. You could focus more on like basketball and like making your shots in okay. a sense. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Okay, but now um we could go into our reserves. I guess we could go. One by one, you give your one of your reserves. I give one of my reserves. All right, so one of my first reserves, um, I had Harden, uh, James Harden. Uh, he's still playing like the Houston James Harden, you know. Um, he's having a really good season, you know, averaging a double double, you know, still averaging his his eleven assists a game and twenty four points with KD and Kyrie. So for him to still get stats like that and to be able to produce and not fall off from where he was in Houston, I think that's truly impressive. This is another player that we're going to agree on. Um, <laughs> again, James Harden has been playing great. Still a little mad that he threw the whole controversy to want to get traded. Yeah. But either way, we're looking at James Harden, the player, and he has been doing James Harden things this season. The thing is, is like it'll be, it'll be bad if he requested a trade, but then he didn't play up to, you know, to his potential. Not to his potential, but like play up to how he was before. But he's continued his his play even through the trade. So that's truly impressive. Yeah, and when you have KD and Kyrie on your team, being able to maintain the stats is pretty great. Right. Sometimes he's the second option. Sometimes he's the third. It depends on the team. So he's, but he's cool with it. Yeah, he's good thing because <laughs> he wasn't cool with it. I don't know what he was going to do in this league. Should take his ass to strip club, man. <laughs> All right, and then my next reserve, um, I had Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum, it seems that, you know, over the past two, three years or so, he's he's been, you know, taking steps forward every season. And, you know, this season he took another step forward. You know, he upped his scoring. 
you know, up to his efficiency. You know, he's shooting 41% from three. You know, he shot 40% last year. Uh, he's averaging 27 points a game, seven rebounds a game. Um, so he's been playing really well this year. And, you know, and it's just good to see, you know, a player like Tatum, you know, continue to progress progress year by year again completely agree jason tatum has is the star probably of the, that celtics team you know he's he's carrying the load this season he's averaging 27 points getting um seven rebounds four assists he would have been you know he's a forward so he can't really be a starter compared to everybody else but he's been great this season and then for my next reserve uh i have demontis sabonis of the indiana pacers uh, Sabonis has had a tremendous year this year so far. He's just such a good all-around player, and, and the Pacers use him so well within their offense, you know. And he's just a guy, you know, that can stretch the floor and, you know, and will be efficient at the same time, you know. You know, you can play him as, like, your point center. You know, he, he could be a small ball five and stuff like that. And the way he's been playing this year has just been tremendous. You know, 20 points a game, uh, 11 rebounds, five assists. You know, he's just the perfect all-around player, and uh, I, he deserves to be an all-star this year. Again, agree, 21 points, 11 rebounds, close to six assists coming from your power forward slash center position. I think Sabonis needs this. I think a lot of people don't don't look at the Pacers as much and don't realize how impactful a player Sabonis is and how he's he's really the star of that Indiana Pacers team. So he really deserves to be a reserve on the All-Star team. True. All right, and then my next reserve, uh, I have Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls. I feel like Levine, Levine has been an all-star, you know, for for a little bit with the Bulls, you know, even as a reserve. And um, is I feel like this is the year that he's finally going to, you know, get his just due. You know, he's being real efficient from the field, you know, uh, 50% from the field, 26 points, you know, five rebounds, five assists. Uh, he's almost shooting like 40% from three-point lines. So, you know, he's been really well. And, you know, he's been that constant number one option for the Bulls. And I feel like he's been playing for All-Star for, you know, for the past two years. You know, I think he's been snubbed, but I feel like this is the year that he finally gets his chance. Completely agree. I think Zach Levine has been playing at an All-Star level. He's basically carrying that Bulls team. Nobody on that Bulls team could score to the level that Zach Levine can score. And he's been doing that ever since he's been on that team. This season, he's averaging 26 points, five rebounds, five assists. You know, he's really carrying that team in. They need to look at him again. Stop looking at the team record and look at the player and how that player has carried this team to what, where they are now. No cap. All right, and then my next reserve, uh, you had him as a starter, but um, I have Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, especially with, when Tatum was out, you know, you've seen that he took a next step forward. And, you know, he was able to – you could see that you, a team can be comfortable with him being their number one option. So it was good to see, you know – Jalen Brown, you know, take responsibility and, and produce, you know, during that time. Uh, he's shooting a career high from three with 42%. Uh, he's being really efficient, shooting over 50% from the field, uh, 26 points, five rebounds. You know, Jalen Brown, he's just been playing great. And you could tell, you know, players like that, he's, he's had a – so since last year, he's had a, a plus six points per game. So he averaged 20 last year. Now he's averaging 26. So you can see that he's been in the lab. He's been working. He's been putting in the work. And it's just good to see it pay off. So here's where we start disagreeing. Again, 
I oh, had shit. I had Brown the most starter. You had Kyrie a starter. Um, for me, Kyrie so a bench player. Just I wanted to give that knob um to Brown and how improvement Brown has done. Um, Kyrie could have been a starter. Honestly, I don't disagree with you on that. But I just wanted to give it to Brown. Um, I'm not. There's no point looking at the stats. It's it's Kyrie. You've already mentioned how well Kyrie has been doing this season, and he's a no-brainer being in the All-Star game. True. So as my as my sixth reserve, uh, I have Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat. Uh, Bam's just been playing just tremendous, especially when Jimmy was out with COVID and everything and had to, you know, help himself back up to play in shape. You know, Bam was carrying the Miami Heat. You know, he was he was their number one option. You know, they were they were running the offense through him and everything like that. So um, you, you got to reward Bam. Uh, he's averaging 20 points a game, nine rebounds, five assists a game. Uh, and he's up this his three point sh- uh, shooting percentage to forty percent from last year since uh, he had since he shot fourteen percent last year. So for him to you know put in the work and work on his shot because he knew that he needed to work on his shot. So for him to put in the work and just produce um, in the league, you know you got to reward that. My next player is a a player who I believe many people don't look into as much and i believe he's he's done great improvements this season and that is jeremy grant yes, jeremy grant has been averaging 23 points 5.5 rebounds almost three assists he's shooting 45 from the field he's shooting 40 percent from the three it's a significant significant improvement from his last season he went from 12 points to 23 he's completely upped his game what it was in the offensive end and even on the defensive end he's been carrying that Pistons team because the Pistons have like Blake but Blake isn't doing anything and it's all about what Grant has been doing with that team and he's been playing out of his mind this season so you will put Grant over Blake Griffin as an all-star right this season right now yeah Blake hasn't been doing that well this season I'm just playing with you. I'm just, I just oh, want to see. I'm just to say. All right. Yeah. But uh, my, my last and final uh, reserve, Um, I've got Julius Randle of the New York Knicks, the New York Knickerbockers. Um, He's averaging 22 points a game, uh, 10 rebounds, uh, six assists. He's having pretty much an all-around season this year. Uh, he's been playing tremendous, especially under Tom Thibodeau. Uh, it seems like Tom has, has like unlocked, unlocked, a, a new, I don't know, just a new, just dog within Julius Randle. He's just been, he's just been playing, been playing great this year, um, and he's having a shooting a career high from three, thirty nine percent. He's shooting a forty seven percent from the field, which isn't too bad for a guy of his position. Um, so Julius Randle, yeah, he's an all star this year. He's been playing really well. Interesting, interesting. I didn't have Julius Randle. I had a, a different player who I believe people aren't aren't looking to as much, and that is Nikola Vucevic. Aaron Gordon. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, Nikola Vucevic, again. He has been playing amazing this season, and I think many people, the Magic aren't doing so hot, so he's another player where people are looking at kind of like the team record and not looking at what this player has been doing. He's averaging 23 points. That's more points than the last time he was an All-Star. He's he's His um, efficiency has gone up as well. He's been averaging 48% from the field and a career-high 43 from three-point range. He's averaging, of course, a double-double with um, 11 rebounds and 3.5 assists, and I think Vucevic is, is a great center, especially in today's game when you need your kind of like shooting center, and Vucevic does that amazing, and I think a lot of teams would want to do Vucevic. 
have him on the team. And just because of, of the team, I don't think people kind of realize how great he's been doing this season. I agree. I agree. Um, so that, I believe that kind of concludes our reserves. And I just want to say, give give some of those few, you know, um, honorable mentions that you think should have should have been an all-star. Um, You had him as a reserve, but I didn't. I, I feel like he was close. Uh, Jeremy Grant was one of my honorable mentions. He's having a great season this year. Like you said, you know, with the stats, you know, he's averaging over 20 points a game. You know, he's shooting close to 40% from the from the field from the three point uh line, and he's just he's having a great year this year. But I just don't think, uh, especially with the way his team is performing, and then just you know the the player pool that was available for for reserves and everything. I just I just think he was just right outside the cut of making it. Um, and then also, uh, you know, Trey Young. You know, Trey Young was playing amazing this year. Um, but I just don't think. I feel like he missed too many games for him to. Uh, he missed a few games, which is why I don't think he was just he's an all-star just yet. And, you know, his efficiency did die down just a little bit, you know, and, you know, his three-point shooting and everything like that. It, it's just, I don't feel like he was the same player this year. I know it's, it may be because, you know, uh, the Hawks have a lot more help this year and they got him a lot more help. So his, you know, production may die down a little bit, but I just don't think he was an all-star this year just yet. Uh, Colin Sexton, I feel like he's one of those players that made an amazing jump from last year to this year. Um, he, you know, he played really well. He's a scoring machine you know he'll give you a lot of a lot of buckets you know he started off the season you know he was averaging you know close to 30 points a game but then that production sort of kind of died down a little bit so that's why I feel like he really wasn't you know I didn't really want to put him as a reserve just yet and then Gordon Hayward I feel like Gordon Hayward's been really solid for that Charlotte team and you know he's been producing really well you know he's averaging 20 points a game five rebounds and like that so Gordon Hayward's been playing really well. And then my last honorable mention, I know I had a few, I know, but uh, Malcolm Brogdon of the uh, Indiana Pacers. Uh, he's averaging 22 points a game, six assists, four rebounds. Um, I feel like he's one of those players. He will be an all-star. I feel like he will be an all-star next year, though, for sure. You know, uh, I feel like last year he had to adjust to, you know, being the number one op- option because, you know, in Milwaukee, he was never really the number one option because, you know, they had Giannis, they had Middleton, and they had those other players. So I don't feel like he was never really that number one option. So last year he had to really adjust to being the number one option. This year, you know, he's been producing really well along with Sabonis for the Pacers. So um, I think next year for sure Brogdon's going to be all-star, but just not yet this year. So for my honorable mentions, I kind of kept it to three, three players who I think. Throwing shots, bro? Yeah, like 15. Uh, so I just kept it at three. You know, um, again, these these honorable mentions are people who – who could make the all-star game, you know. But as for me personally, I didn't have them making it. They could they could easily make it over someone that I mentioned. But for now, they're going to be my honorable mentions. And I'll start off with Bam. Bam has greatly improved this season, like you said. You know, um, Jimmy Butler was out. He really stepped up. He's right now averaging 20 points, um, 9 rebounds, 58 from the field, 40% from three. He has greatly improved his game, and he's – he could make it to the All-Star game, but for me, he's he's only an honorable mention. Wow. Same thing with Trey Young. You know, I think I think you hit it on the nail. I think Trey Young this season hasn't been the same Trey Young that he's been the previous season. I think, and of course that 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 goes a lot to do with his team. You know, he has more weapons on this team, more shooters. Um, the team structure is different this season, so it's understandable why why you know kind of his points have gone down from like almost thirty to like now he's doing like twenty six. So it's so it's understandable, but at the same time, look at his 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 efficiency. He's shooting forty two from the field. 
36 from three-point range. I think he has to improve that. And that's why he's only in my honorable mentions. No, it's crazy for, like, somebody to be an honorable, honorable mention, averaging 26 points and nine assists a game. And he's honorable mention. That's crazy. That's, that's how good, that just shows how good the right. NBA is. Right. Man. Like, that is wild. Amen. Hopefully, maybe they'll, they'll expand the... The all-star. No, no, we don't need that. We don't need that. There's too many. There's too many great players. There's gotta be. There's gotta be some type of exclusivity. What's the word? Exclusivity. Yeah. Yeah. There's gotta be some type of you know exclusiveness to the to the game. You can't just like, hey, everybody, everybody, you get all-star, nah, you get all-star, nah, nah. Okay, you're right. You gotta. You gotta. So finally, my last player as my honorable mention is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton has made it to the past two All-Star games, mainly due to, like, you know, how great the Bucks have been playing. His season, he's still doing good. He's averaging 20 points, six rebounds, six assists, um, 51 from the field, 40, 45 from three-point range. So, you know, Chris Middleton has been very efficient. But then this is just one of those seasons where everybody else on the league has stepped up their game. Tremendously. So that concludes our east side of the conference. Now we can move on and say our starters and our reserves for the all-star game for the west side. So my two guards for the west starting, um, I have Luca. Uh, first, I have Luca. Um, Luca, he's played tremendous this year. And just the responsibility that the Mavs have for him as being like pretty much the facilitator, the number one scorer. You know, that's a lot for a player to have to lead the team in scoring and have to facilitate and run the offense. So for him to handle all that the way he does and still produce the stats that he does, um, it's just still tremendous. Uh, He's averaging 27 points a game, eight rebounds, nine assists a game, you know, which is normal Luka stats. So that just proves the greatness of Luka. And then my second guard, I have uh, Steph Curry. Um. I was kind of questionable, you know, with the injury that he had last year, if he was going to come back, you know, uh, from that injury. But, you know, Curry just doesn't seem like he's lost a step. You know, uh, he's averaging 28 points a game, five rebounds, six assists a game. Uh, He's leading the Warriors, you know, in in everything. And he's just the same old Curry that we're used to seeing. So it's just good to see Curry back in his old form. So for me, first off, I agree. I have Curry as one of my starters. Again, like you said, he's been leading that Warriors team. He has tw- he's been averaging twenty eight points, five point five rebounds, six assists. He's shooting forty seven from the field and forty one from three. You know, it's Curry. He shoot he's shooting lights out. And again, like I said, in a sense, carrying that Warriors team because he's kind of like their best shooter. The man has to average almost thirty to get the Warriors to to make it somewhere. So well, I water. And my next guard, once again, we disagree on our second guard for the starter. You had Luca. Okay. I had Damian Lillard. I'm not mad. Damian Lillard is averaging 30 points, about four and a half rebounds, seven assists. He's shooting 45 from the field and 37 from three-point range. He's been carrying that Trailblazers team, especially now that CJ McCollum has kind of been injured. So has Luca though. Luca has. We both got valid points, though. We both got valid points. Yeah, we got valid points. I just, I just want to give the nod to, to Lillard because I feel Lillard's efficiency has been, has been just a slight better than Luca's in my opinion. Facts. That's facts. All right, and then for my three forwards, um, so I have LBJ, of course. Um, LeBron, LeBron's LeBron. 
he's going to be in probably every single All-Star game until he retires, to be honest. So you don't, you don't really got to talk too much about LeBron. Uh, he's averaging 27 points, you know, seven rebounds, seven assists. It's That's just typical LeBron numbers. He's, he's going to go down as one of the, the GOATs, to be honest, especially at his position. Um, and then for my second forward, I have Kawhi Leonard, the claw. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, he's been playing great this year. 24 points, five rebounds, you know. Kawhi Leonard's been playing amazing this year. Um, he's been doing really well. You know, he's a two, one of the best two-way players in the league, and he's just one of the best at what he does. And you just got to reward that type of tenacity and the way he plays. And then to round out the starting five, uh, I have Jochik. Jochik is just – he's just been on another world this year. Him and Embiid, they've taken their games to just different levels this year. And I and I look forward to seeing that matchup, you know, in the – especially in the, in the All-Star game. So um, I look forward to seeing that happen. Uh, Jochik, he's averaging, you know, close to a triple-double, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. So he's getting there. Uh, I feel like he's going to – eventually get to a point where he's averaging like where he gets to average triple double in the whole season, like kind of like Russell Westbrook did. But um, yeah, uh, Yochik's been playing out of his mind this year. Once again, we agree on all three forwards. All right. Um, Again, first off, starting off with LeBron, LeBron has been playing great, averaging LeBron like numbers, you know, 25, seven and seven. Um, His field goal percentage is 50%. He's shooting, I believe the highest three point percentage is he shot forty percent. Do you think if 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 a, if all NBA players put in a million dollars to their bodies, they'll be maybe near the level of LeBron? Um maybe the stars, the stars, the stars. The stars? Yeah. The the thing is with LeBron though, LeBron has a, a basketball IQ that nobody else has. That's what makes LeBron so great. His 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 vision of the game and knowing like, you know, there's reports of LeBron like being like, Oh, they're gonna run this play, they're gonna run that play. So like LeBron knows every inch of the game and I don't think anybody will be able to kind of match that. I remember seeing an interview um on YouTube and then it was it was uh it was Iman Shumper actually and he was talking to the interviewer about how like LeBron his superpower is his IQ. And he basically like he was just telling he was telling his team like stats that they would never think of. Like, hey, like Shump, that guy shoots this percentage from the corner. Or hey, that guy shoots this percentage from the elbow. Like the way he studies the game and he's just like a student of the game. It's just crazy. Exactly. People people look at LeBron and say like he he's the goat because he because of his, his the way he scores or the way he dominates the game. No, I think his goat aspect is just his vision and his IQ for this game. True. True. But you know, again, LeBron gonna make every single All Star game till the day he retires. Yeah, easily. Next, once again, I agree. Kawhi Leonard averaging twenty six five and five, shooting fifty percent from the field, thirty eight from the three point range. Um. Like you mentioned, a great one of probably the best three indie players out there. Um, another player who, you know, plays defense, even though it's a star all-star game where they don't play any defense. But you know, I like I like my defensive guys. True. And uh, lastly, Nikola Jokic. Joker. You know, he's he's two two assists shy from averaging a triple double. Um shooting 56% from the field and 38% from three-point range. Jokic is probably the the best playmaking center in the whole NBA right now. 
and I he's really taking his game to another level this season. Bro, I'm telling you, he's gonna get there, bro. He's gonna average that triple double. I'm just waiting on it. Like I'm here for it. I am here for it. He he really is the whole the whole Nuggets offense is is surrounded against Jokic because he's such a good passer. Like it's not every day you have your center being the best passer on your team. Exactly. All right. So then now to start with the reserves. Uh, one of my first reserves, I have Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis, he's he's been just a star in this league for quite some time now. Uh, he's averaging 21 points a game, eight rebounds a game. So his, his production has slacked off a little bit, but he's still Anthony Davis. You know, he's still one of the best defensive players in the league. league. One, not even, defense, not even defensive, one of the best two-way players in the league. He's just really like that, and he's just a big guard pretty much. Um, you know, he's really been really efficient this year, you know, shooting 52% from the field, um, 31% from three. So yeah, Anthony Davis, he's been great this year and he's going to continue to be great. Um, yep. Completely agree. I have Anthony Davis on my reserves too. He did take a small dip from last season. Last season, he was averaging 26. Now he's averaging 21. So just a small dip, but you know, it's Anthony Davis. He's still playing. Um, he's still putting up elite numbers. He's still a superstar in this league. And, like you said, he he's like a point guard in a, a a forward center body. Literally, and I think that's a lot to do because I think when he grew up, he played the point guard, so he had that like growth spurt. Yeah, what do you have like a foot growth spurt? Yeah, it's crazy, something crazy like that. Crazy. So. All right, so my next reserve, I have Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell, he's been great for the Utah Jazz. He's one of the big reasons that they're the number one team in the West right now, uh, with eighteen wins and five losses. Um, he's just been great this year. Um, he's shooting a career high from three with forty-one percent. Uh, he's just been the the go-to store go-to scorer that they need and one of their the and a, a good leader for that team. Uh, he's just been great this year, and they just do this at six feet to be a six feet shooting guard. That that's not a, a easy task, especially in today's league where everybody you know you have uh, just. It seems like everybody's six six or higher, six five or higher. So for him to just be able to produce at at his size is just tremendous, and he's just great. Again, agree. Donovan Mitchell is one of my reserves. He's averaging twenty three four and four, and leading that Utah Jazz team to as of right now they're the number one seed out in the Western Conference, and Donovan Mitchell has basically been carrying the offensive load on that team because, like you had mentioned, Rudy Gobert doesn't have a post move that he puts to Save his life. Save his life, man. So my next reserve that I have, uh, I have Paul George of the Los Angeles Clippers. PGs, he's taken his game to a a whole nother level this year. Um, He's been able to, you know, block out all the doubt that people had after, you know, that horrendous playoff series uh, in the bubble. So for him to just be able to block out all that noise and just produce on the court, you know, he's shooting almost 50% from the three-point line, and he's shooting 50% from the field. So he's been efficient this year. He's been a leader for that team, and they've been able to really count on him this year. I agree. My next player up is Paul George. He's really stepped it up this season, trying to put up those bad playoff memories behind him. Um, regular season, Paul George is great. He's averaging 24 points, six rebounds, five assists. He's shooting 50% from the field and 47% from three. 
So again, Paul George is a superstar. He's been doing great this season, and I hope he can keep it up. Great. Just great. All right, so my next reserve, I have DeMar DeRozan. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, he's been kind of under the radar this year because, you know, the Spurs don't really play on TV like that. But I've been watching this game, and he's been really – played really well this year. Um, he's shooting a career high from, 30, from the three-point range at 35%. Uh, and that's been one of his main problems over his career, you know. You know he can attack the basket and slash to the basket and, and use his athleticism and his – and his length and things of that nature to get to the basket. But it was always a question about can he hit an outside jumper? And he's showing later, even late in his career, that he can hit an outside jumper. You know, he was able to, you know, up his three-point percentage from last year. You know, he only shot 25%. Now he's shooting 35%. And, you know, he's being really efficient this year, and he's being that playmaker that, you know, the Spurs need. I mean, they have Murray, but – they need a more, you know, solid and more experienced playmaker, and he's able to fill that role, and he's become a much better all-around player with the Spurs. And this year, he's shown it. Again, agree. DeMar has been um, this player who has really been tremendously efficient this season. You know, last season, a lot of people didn't look at um, what he was doing and really think it was great. And then this season, you know, he stepped it up um, more on the, the efficiency, and he's been very efficient this season playing with the Spurs. Um, like you said, a career high in three-point. The man has has been a, a terrible three-point shooter, and he stepped it up uh, in this later stages of his career. Terrible is an understatement. Okay, maybe worse than terrible. <laughs> um, he's averaging 20 points, five rebounds, 6.6 assists, and I think he's found a, a nice spot with, with the way the Spurs are playing him at that, like, small forward, power forward position right there, being able to, you know, work in the paint, facilitate right down there, and, you know, spread out and do everything. Yes. All right, and my next reserve, uh, first-time All-Star, uh, Christian Wood of the Houston Rockets. Um, Christian Wood, he's burst onto the NBA scene this year and just and he's made his mark so far this year. Uh he's averaging a double double, twenty-two points a game, ten rebounds a game. You know, he's a guy that's really lengthy, you know, he has those guard skills, so he can he's a guy who can grab a rebound and take it coast to coast. So that's really important, especially now in today's league, you know, when when positions are forever expanding. So for him to just be able to do that is important. Um He's shooting 42% from three, so he's a guy that could stretch the floor if you need him to. Um, he's just really solid, and he's caught a lot of eyes this year, and he's one of the front runners for most improved player of the year, and he's just been great for the Rockets. Agree. I have Christian Wood here. I believe he will win the most improved player of the year this season because the his his takeoff has just been amazing. I'm I'm a huge fan of Christian Wood. You know, he's averaging twenty-two points, ten rebounds. His efficiency has been green, fifty-five from the field, and like you said, forty-two from three. And you know, really proving himself, you know, after being cut so many times from different teams. And then the Pistons towards the end of last season, he he was going completely off and did, you know, the Pistons for some reason you guys are dumb, by the way. But then, then it resigned Christian Woods, and then he just went off this season. And I'm, I'm a big fan of what he's been doing and his 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 story to get here. Even his girlfriend, though, you gotta think about that too. Like Shorty left him after draft night. Like bro didn't get drafted, and she just fucking leaves like that. Like damn, like she gotta be feeling like shit right now. <laughs> worst decision of her life. Worst bro. decision of your life, girl. But at the end, best decision for Christian Wood. No you don't cap. want nobody like that on your side. Oh my gosh, nobody. Yes, God bless. You know, it had to happen. You know, he didn't. He didn't. He had to not get drafted. You know what I mean? 
Blessing in disguise. Blessing in disguise. Hmm. Praise him. Yes, sir. And then my sixth reserve that I have uh, for the Western Conference, um, I have Damian Lillard. You had him as a starter. I have him as a reserve. Um, Damian Lillard, he's played – he's just been Damian Lillard. You know, kind of like LeBron. You know LeBron. You know what you get from LeBron. You know what you're going to get from Damian Lillard. He's going to give you buckets every time. He's going to pull up from the logo every time. He's going to make it most of the time. But um, Damian Lillard, he's been playing great this year. You know, uh, he's been that constant leader that uh, the Trailblazers can count on. He wants to be there. He wants to bring that city a championship. He just wants to, you know, build that franchise up. And he has done that, you know, um, for him to just, you know, for him to be able to just go to any team that he wants. But to just stay there and be loyal to Portland, that shows a lot about his character and, and who he is as a person. So, um, yeah, it's great. Um, he's played great this year, as always. He's averaging close to near 30 points a game. Uh, he's being really efficient, too, uh, 45% from the field, 38% from three, uh, seven assists as well. So he's been a leader, and especially with McCollum being out. He's been able to, you know, lead those young guys and bring together that team and um, just been a leader for the Trailblazers, and he's just been playing great this year. So, yep, just like you, you know, you had – I had um, Damian Litter as my starter. And you have him on your bench. You had Luca as your starter. I have Luca on my bench. Um, Luca is a great player. Yes. Um, he's averaging twenty-seven points. You know, almost nine rebounds, all nine and a half assists. It's another player who could one day come out of here averaging a triple double. You know, he has. He's great in every aspect of the game. He can score. He can. He can assist. You know, his athleticism isn't always there, along with his defense. But as far as, as scoring and facilitating, he's a great, a great player. Um, the reason he's on the bench is because this season he's his three point has gone significantly down. It's at 29 percent from the three point range, and you know, you know, Luca shoots those threes. It's his his signature step back and shoot hey. three. But for him to, you know, that be his signature move, and then he's only averaging 29%, so can't be a star. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. And to round out my West roster, I have the one and only Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, bias. You think that's bias? Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's, it's really not bias. But um, he's been playing great this year. Uh, Shea's, he's just been an all-around player. He's been a leader for the OKC Thunder. Um, people are wondering uh, if Shea was going to be able to take that next step so early in his career, you know, after CP3 left. Um, but he's been fine. He's re- He's been ready for it. He put in the work in the offseason. Um, his teammates love him. Everybody loves him. Shea is just, you know, a great player. You know, he's averaging 21 points a game. You know, he's shooting over 50% from the field, which is hard, which I continue to say is hard as a guard, especially as a guard. So for him to continue to do that is just great. Um, he's And he's an all-around player. You know, he gets rebounds. Average, he's averaging five rebounds a game, you know, averaging six assists a game. So Shea's been great this year for OKC, and, you know, he's he's going to be one of the reasons that we make the playoffs this year. Great pick, but I went a different direction. Okay. For my last pick, I ended up picking Zion. Mm. I ended up picking Zion because I, I actually feel comfortable picking Zion now that he's actually played this season. I know last season he only played like 
20-ish games, and I wasn't too happy with everybody being on the Zion bandwagon of he's he's this great next LeBron, best rookie coming in. But this season, you know, he he has actually demonstrated that what he does could be a, a long-term thing. Like, it's not like he's only going to average 20 points for those 20 games. He's currently averaging 23 points, seven and a half rebounds, and two and a half assists. He's shooting 59% from the field and 36% from the three-point range. The Pelicans haven't been doing so well, but that's more towards the, I say, like the GM, the coach. I think the spacing on that team is terrible horrendous <laughs> i hate it but zion despite all of that zion has gone to work and zion has been doing great this season i'm not mad at it all right and then some and then there were a few players i thought that should make it or who were close to making it but you know it's only seven spots for reserves so um one of my honor one of my honorable mentions i have brandon ingram um brandon ingram's played really well this year you know ever since he's gotten to New Orleans and became that number one option for that team. He's been he's done nothing but produce for that team. You know he's averaging twenty three points a game. Uh, he's averaging six rebounds a game. So he's pretty much having an all around game. It's just it was just a certain amount of players that you can only have. And I just thought uh, Shea would get the nod over Brandon. Um, same for Zion. I know you had Zion as a pick. Um, Zion, he's having a tremendous season. You know it's good to see him. Uh, play a uh, full season and being being able to play a full season, you know, healthy and everything like that. And you know, and to see that he and to see that he has potential of shooting the three, you know, he's shooting thirty six percent from three, which is tremendous. But um, Zion's going to continue to prove, and I feel like he's going to be all star um, next year, uh, along with uh, like I said with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, next, I had Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker was tough, but. I didn't necessarily feel like he was an all-star this year because I don't feel like he was the main reason that the team's improving. I feel like Chris Paul had a major, uh, major reason of why the Phoenix Suns are have improved so much and are the fifth team in the West right now because I feel Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, you know, they to bring in players like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, you know, I think that really boosted the team. And I, and I, and I don't feel like Devin Booker really had that much to do with uh, the improvement of the team. So that's why I kind of left him out. And then, you know, I had to throw another OKC player in. You know, Al Horford, he's played tremendous this year. You know, it's no bias. But um, Al Horford has played tremendous this year. Uh, you know, he's been able to stretch the floor. You know, he's shooting uh, 43% from the three, uh, 47% from the field. He's just been that leader that we need, and he's just been able to stretch the floor and provide some much-needed spacing for our team. So, yeah. If you guys can see my face right now when this man just said he would he would consider Al Horford <laughs> an all-star. Yo, Al Horford is an all-star this year, bro. He's playing amazing this year, man. What do you mean? We, went, we went from him being on the Sixers and everybody saying he's the worst contract out there to now this man saying he's an all-star. Exactly. He had to come to us, bro. He had to come to us to to show to re- so we could showcase his greatness again. Out of everybody in the West, you pick Al Horford as an honorable venture. I mean, who else? Who would you put above him? I mean... Exactly. There, there's other players overall. Well, it's not like you put. It's not like you put Lonzo above him. I'm gonna put Lou Dort, man. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Okay, okay. But now on to my honorable mentions. Um, you had him as a reserve. I have him as an honorable mention. Your guy Shay. You know Shay, like you said, has been playing absolutely great this season. He's Oof. really, he's really stepped up to being like the guy from OKC. You know, I think having the leadership of Chris Paul last season has kind of 
shown him what he needs to do to be the guy in this season. He he stepped up with it. He's been leading this team. He's been great, efficient, 51% from the field, 37 from three-point range, you know, six assists, 21 points. So Shea is a, it's a great player. Great. Just great. Uh, my next player that I have up is Devin Booker. Yes, I know Devin Booker has consistently been getting snubbed from the All-Star game, but you look at this season, you look at the reserves who we have in – it's just so deep that this is just another season where he won't make it. Um, he's He has been doing uh, uh, great things, um, 23 points, three rebounds, three and a half assists. Those are not all-star numbers, bro. Those are not all-star numbers. The, I, I mean. They're not. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You had him in your honorable mentions too, so. Yeah. Anyway. You just had to mention him, though. Like, you had to give him a mention, though. You feel me? I, I mean, it's Devin Booker. I think – even though I know that the team is doing well, mainly because I agree with you, it's kind of like Chris Paul. Yeah, and, uh, and I, the leadership. Chris Paul, the leadership, Devin Booker is the, the score for the number one option for that team still. Facts. I agree. Um, but, yeah, I, I I would consider him an unbelievable mention for him. He could, he could be an all-star, but, again, it's just so competitive out there in the West. And my last honorable mention, because, again, I only had three, um, is Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, just like Zion, has been great this season. He has been great last season, great this season. Um, but again, um, that team, the spacing is so terrible. Brandon Ingram needs that that mid-range to like, just go to work and be his, and he, he can't do that in that Pelicans team. The Pelicans need to do something about that because – if you give him that spacing, you know, he could go over what he's averaging with now that 23, 5, and 5. But um, I think he still has um, all-star potential. But, again, the West is deep, so we have him in as an honorable mention. So you wouldn't put Shea over Zion? I, I would still pick, pick Zion. But they have the same record, though. Okay, okay, okay. But look, look, look at it this way, right? Uh-huh. Zion uh-huh. has been averaging what he's averaging. Okay. Playing in the paint. Okay. With Steven Adams, who can't leave the paint for shit. <laughs> Lonzo Ball, who needs to drive in the paint. Eric Bledsoe, who can't shoot a three, because we saw that in the Bucks series. And Ingram, who is a great player, but needs that mid-range inside type of game. I see your point. Thank you. Shea's still a reserve, though. Hey, yeah, hey, he's an honorable mention. I, I, I won't get say anything. No, nah, he's a reserve. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> with too. And now, lastly, our last segment of the podcast, the new segment we introduced last week, the game of the podcast and the player of the podcast. We're going to start first with the game, and it is... So the game of the podcast is the Brooklyn Nets versus the Washington Wizards. Um, and that game happened on January 31st. Uh, the Wizards won, ended up winning from uh, 149 to 146. And it was a pretty good game, pretty chippy game back and forth. No defense was being played. So I, it wasn't really, you know, a competitive game. But in regards to entertainment, it was a, it was a really good game. Um, Riley Bill led the way with 37 points, six rebounds, and four assists. And then uh, Russell Westbrook ended up dropping a near triple-double with 41 points, 10 rebounds, and eight assists. So uh, there was it was really a, a good game. Um, KD ended up dropping 37 points and seven rebounds and six assists. And Joe Harris was just lights out uh, from three with, with his 30 points and then eight of 13 from three. Um, 
it was just a good game. Uh, the the ending of it was just insane, you know, with with the whole back to back clutch shots from uh Bill and Westbrook after Bradley Bill hit the game winner, and then Russell Westbrook comes down and hits the buzzer beater to win the game. So it was just a really entertaining game towards the end. Yeah, you know, I agree. The game was um very good. It just just an offensive game, you know, absolutely no type of defense playing. The Nets don't have any defenders. The Wizards don't have any defenders either. Yeah, this game is, is sort of like uh, emphasizing the worry that many people are having about the Nets, is, which is pretty much their defense, you know. And, you know, their defense is a bit questionable. Um, many, many people don't trust and I don't, I don't really trust either. They really don't have that many defenders, you know, in their starting lineup. So that's going to be a really big question if they're going to go all the way. Another big question is there that center position because they're they've they've played Jeff Green at that center for a, a good portion of that game, and I don't I don't see how that could hold up for you know long periods of time in this NBA just because. Once you get to the playoffs, like small ball works, but again, you see how the Rockets try to go full in small ball. That doesn't work going in all the time. I think KD, though, is a solid – I think he's a solid five. I think he can play position and hold his own. The, the Being the defender that he is and, you know, the athleticism and the, and the lateral quickness that he possesses, I think he can, you know, play that small ball five if they need him to do that. You know, because it seemed like the Nets love to go five out you know, and just, you know, everybody uh, just rise the perimeter and just uh, go for the um, open drives whenever they see it. But I think it'll work for them, but it's just they're going to have to tighten up on the defensive end if they're going to have any chance at beating, you know, the likes of the Bucks or the Sixers or anybody of that nature that's on the upper end of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, having, having KD at the five works, but, again, I just don't want that added extra pressure on KD's end, like – Having KD be a, be a good scorer, but also asking him to defend the best player to also protect the pain, that's a little too much for KD, who just came off an injury. Facts, facts. So now we talked about the game of the week. Who's our player of the podcast? Our player of the podcast is Nikola Jokic. You know, I am very excited about the things he's been doing this whole season this <laughs> this week. Um, was just great, great. Um especially especially <laughs> the one game where he dropped 33 points in the first half 47 points in total against 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 205 million the person some people call a potential defensive player of the year shit doesn't know a post move to save his life what? canceling the last nba season because he didn't take covid serious <laughs> Rudy Gobert. Oh, man. It's just amazing how he, Rudy Gobert was just like this defensive player. And then Jokic just went completely crazy, dropping all these points. And, you know, Jokic is, is an all-around player. We have him as the player of the podcast just because of his well all-around game and how well he's been playing these weeks. He's been dropping um over 25 points in all of these games. He's averaging close to averaging a triple-double like we had mentioned earlier in the podcast and, again, has just elevated his game during this time. Yeah, Jochik, he's he's went crazy these past two weeks. Um, that game he had against the Jazz was just insane. Uh, 47 points, 12 rebounds. You know, he didn't miss a shot from three-point range going four for four. 
So he was he was on his he was on his stuff that night, and he just went crazy that night. And then also, you know, against the Kings, he just uh, on February sixth, he just dropped fifty points and twelve assists. You know, to go along with eight rebounds, and it just show it just shows his greatness and then just how great of a center he is and how great he's going to be for for years to come. Um, adding on to that Kings game, he had one steal, three blocks. You know, also isn't viewed as the greatest defensive defensive center out there, but you know he he could play some defense. He could get you some blocks. Going along with you know being the 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 dominant scorer that he is and the the great playmaker that he is for that Nuggets team. True. What do you think is up with Jamal Murray though? Because like. Many were expecting him to, to you know, take that next step this year, you know, after he performed in the bubble against Donovan Mitchell, how they were going head-to-head. You've seen Mitchell take that next step, you know. He's for sure going to be an all-star this year. You know, his team is number one in his conference. But Jamal Murray seems to be, you know, a bit stagnant. What do you think is going on with him? That's a great question, and I don't really have a, an, an exact answer because even I don't know. Like, I, I, I was one of the people that I expected, like, you know, he, he, I, I expected the bubble. He found his, his game. He found his groove, and I was hoping him to continue it, and he he just hasn't continued it. It's been, it's been back to the, the past Jamal Murray, who when he got that max contract extension, a lot of people were questioning if he should have gotten that max because they didn't see a great improvement. And I was hoping he could prove them wrong, but, you know, he, he kind of went back to that Jamal. True. This is true. It's crazy to think that Yochik was a second-round pick, pick 41. 40 teams passed on him. And then look at him now. On on the road to potentially being a, an MVP for this season. To be honest, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, I think we made we made a, an amazing choice for our player of the podcast because Jokic has been doing amazing things. Also, let us know in the DMs, you know, on Instagram or Twitter, who's your player of, the po- player of the podcast, you know, a player that you think has been playing well the past two weeks that we haven't mentioned. Just let us know. So that concludes this week's episode of the ONJ Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and supporting us. As always, make sure to rate, follow, subscribe. You know, it's different on every podcast platform. So just whatever needs to be done, just just do it. So support us. Yeah. Like Nike. Just do it. Support us. We're the best podcast out here. God bless y'all. But again, thank you guys for listening, for supporting. We out. Safe sex and paychecks. Thank you.